Amen. Jesus is alive. Amen. Amen. Is he your living hope? Yes. <laughs> Praise God. What a wonderful time we've had already in his presence. For those of you joining us online, welcome as well. Good to be with you. Those of you listening to this message, if anyone is new here or joining us for the first time, my name is Valdir da Silva. It's my privilege today to share the Word of God with you. And we invite you on this Resurrection Sunday to look again. You know, it's amazing. Our life happens and we, th- we see things in a certain way. We see them through the glasses or through the eyes of our perceptions, our lives, our assumptions, our conclusions, our past. But this morning, resurrection invites us to look again. Have we ever been exposed to a situation where you see something, you experience something that is so unusual? So sudden that you have to, to look again. You know, you see something and you kind of, you don't believe it. What? And you, you kind of, you have to look again to make sure that what you saw is what you saw. Think of the last time that you saw something that was so, so funny, so weird, so surprising, so unexpected that it caused you to, to look again. Just try and think of some situation recently to go, what? <laughs> you know? Now that is the experience that took place. Oh, there she is. This is the experience that took place on that Sunday morning. And so in the resurrection of Jesus, which we celebrate today, was an occasion that caused people to look again. Why? Because it challenges every human expectation. Amen? It challenges every human expectation. And so It happened on that day, and it is still happening today. Because of that day, today, it is still happening. The power of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the influence of Jesus is still causing people to step back and and look again and say, like, what? (laughs) Okay. And in today's message titled, Look Again, we're going to look at three instances related to the resurrection of Jesus that caused people to... Look again. The first instance, it's the women at the tomb. Remember early Sunday morning? They went. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, they went to the tomb of Jesus that Sunday. And and their biggest concern was, who's going to roll away the big stone? You know, that thing was heavy. It was big. And they wanted to go and finish embalming the body of Jesus, as was custom in the day. And they were worried about that. Little did they know that uh, the stone had been sealed and that it was a Roman guard. They didn't know that. It happened like during the night, you know, after, you were, after everybody had gone away. They put those guards there so that nobody would steal the body of Jesus. But then the unexpected happened. When they got to the tomb, the stone was already rolled away. Gone. The body. Matthew chapter 16 Verse 4 to 6. They were surprised by something unexpected. It says, but when they looked up, when they looked up, learn that, that phrase. When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side. 
and they were alarmed. Why do you think they were alarmed? <laughs> and the guy said, don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. In other words, who was killed. Because listen, there's a story going around that Jesus didn't really die. He just fainted in the cross. Ha, ha. Listen, those Romans knew how to kill a man until he was dead. Nobody came out of that cross alive. So Jesus was definitely killed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. <laughs> Take a look. You see, when it says that the term looked up, they looked up. It's, it's a Greek word which also means to regain sight to see again, to look again. When they looked again, the stone had been turned. And they went in and, and they saw this young man. But when they looked again, they saw that the place where Jesus was, was empty. According to the other Gospels, we know that what they saw was the, the linen strips which had covered the body of Jesus were there. And the cloth which was around his head was there separate from the linen. It's as if the body of Jesus had kind of slipped away, just kind of disappeared. I don't know, change, and, 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 and the cloth lay there. But Jesus was not there. He was gone. <laughs> eh? It's as if the body had evaporated. Look again. This is not the sign of a theft. When you steal a body, you don't leave the cloths neatly as it was there. <laughs> Angel said, look again. He was not stolen. The body has not been removed. Jesus is alive. He is alive. Hallelujah. He was, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> he was not removed. He moved. Okay. He was not removed. Jesus moved. He moved himself out of that grave. <laughs> Amen. Go and tell the others, the angel said. That's the first instance. Second instance, it happened a little bit later that day. In the afternoon, two travelers. Two travelers, they were weary and downcast. And, and these two guys were traveling down, down the road back to their village, which was really close to Jerusalem. And as they're walking, a third traveler joins them. And asks them why they are so down. <laughs> and, and these two travelers are surprised that this third fellow is not aware of what's been happening in Jerusalem. So he tells them, well, you're a stranger yet? Haven't you, aren't you coming from Jerusalem? Haven't you heard what's happened? There's, there's Jesus, this prophet, you know. And we, we, are, we are hoping he would be the Messiah, but they killed him. He's dead. And some people, there are some rumors that say that he's alive, but nobody has seen him. Haven't you, aren't you heard of this? Haven't you heard? And so the third traveler begins to talk to them. But listen, but isn't that what your scriptures say? Is that what the Hebrew scriptures say, that the Messiah should suffer? And he begins from going through the Old Testament and showing these guys from the Bible, from the Old Testament, the things that Messiah was supposed to suffer, that you're supposed to go through these things. 
And as these two listen to the third one, they, they start getting excited. And when they arrive at their village, they invite him to, to stay overnight. And so they go in. And look, and look what happens when they sit down to eat. Luke 24, verses 30 to 33. While he was at the table with them, he took bread and blessed it. He broke the bread and gave it to them. Does this sound familiar? Then, then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Who? Jesus. <laughs> They'd been walking with Jesus all along and they didn't click. But when he broke bread with them, then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. But then Jesus vanished from their sight. Gone. <laughs> they said to each other, weren't we excited when he talked with us on the road and opened up the meaning of the scripture for us? Catch that. Weren't we excited when he was talking to us about scripture? When he opened up scripture for us? When he helped us to understand what is written? Weren't you getting excited? <laughs> and that same hour, they went back to Jerusalem. They went back to report to the other disciples what they had experienced. You see, now this is strange. As they broke bread... <sighs> Jesus was a stranger in their house. You see, the custom in those days is that when you sat down for a meal, the, uh, the head of the home, uh, the owner, the person in charge would, would break bread. He would be the one to, you know, do the prayer, the table prayer, the food prayer, and, and break the bread. It was always the head of the house or the person in charge. Jesus walks in and makes himself at home and makes himself in charge. Why? Because he's Lord. And he owns everything. And wherever he moves into a place, he is the Lord of that place. He does not need to ask for permission. Because as we have learned, everything belongs to him. This universe is his. You are his. And everything you own is also his. You have the privilege of enjoying your life and your stuff because he made it available to us. Amen? But you see, he takes charge. Now, who do you think broke bread when Jesus was hanging out with his disciples every time they had a meal? Who do you think broke bread back then? Jesus did. And now they've just had, a couple of days ago, they've had that supper with Jesus. Remember that we, we celebrated y'all last Thursday? They had that supper and Jesus broke bread and, and spoke with them and instructed them. And now, all of a sudden, as Jesus takes charge and breaks bread... They've just been exposed to scripture and their spiritual eyes have just been opened. And so now when Jesus breaks bread, their physical eyes are opened and they recognize who is there with them. Jesus. Jesus. They look again. It's Jesus. Now, why had they not recognized Jesus before? It was the same man that was working with him. He's the same man that's now sitting with him at table. How come they didn't recognize? Maybe it's because they were so certain that Jesus was dead. 
that even if this stranger reminded them of Jesus, they could not believe and accept the fact that this was actually him. Sometimes our assumptions, our beliefs, our mindsets blind us to what is right in front of us. Because you cannot fathom that the thing could be, you don't believe that it is. And if you think this is weird, it happens all the time. In fact, I, I suppose many of you are familiar with that character, Mr. Bean, Rowan Atkinson. One day, Rowan Atkinson was at a Spears shop buying parts for his Land Rover. And one of the guys there saw him and he approached him. He says, has anybody ever told you that you are the spitting image of Mr. Bean? <laughs> and he says, well, I, I look like him because I am him. I'm the actor that plays the part of Mr. Bean. No, the guy said, no, nah, you're joking with me. Rowan says that no matter how much he tried to convince this guy that he was Mr. Bean, the guy just wouldn't believe it. Eventually, the guy says, you know what? You know, you could make a small fortune by going out on, on, on weekends, you know, and, 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 and doing lookalikes of Mr. Bean. You are so believable, man. You could make a small fortune pretending to be Mr. Bean. What, what's happening over here? The guy is in the presence of Mr. Bean, but he refuses to believe that it is Mr. Bean. Why? Because a famous actor couldn't possibly be in a spare shop getting his hands dirty with car parts, could he? No. Actors love them. You see what happens? Our assumptions, our, the way we look at things, blind us often to what's right in front of us. And that's what happened with those guys. But once, listen, once their spiritual eyes were opened, once they began to understand scripture, and once they looked again, they saw Jesus. Ah. Third story, Thomas. <laughs> Good old Thomas. These two travelers happened in the afternoon. That evening, Jesus appears to the disciples. Finally, all of them get to see Jesus as a conversation with him. And unfortunately that night, Thomas was not present. And when the other disciples told Thomas, no matter how much they tried to convince him, he wouldn't believe it. He says, no man, you guys are dreaming. You guys are hallucinating, man. Come on. Unless I see those scars, unless I, I put my finger on his side, <laughs> I will not believe. Well, one week later, Sunday evening again, the disciples are together and boom, Jesus appears in the middle of a locked room. He looks at Thomas. Let's look, let's look what happens. John chapter 20, verse 26. A week later, Jesus' disciples were again in the house. And Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then Jesus said to Thomas, Put your finger here. And look, look at my hands. Take your hand. Put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas responded to Jesus, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said to Thomas, you believe because you've seen me. Blessed are the ones, I like this. Blessed are the ones who haven't seen me, but believe. You see, when Jesus appeared, first thing he does, Thomas, come. Come look. Look again. A touch over here. 
Can you see me? Huh? Look again, Thomas. Look, look at me. <gasps> my Lord and my God. That is his reaction. That's all he could say. And what Jesus says in the end blesses me because I am included in this last phrase that Jesus speaks in this passage. I am included there. And so are you. Blessed are those who haven't seen but believe. I have not seen Jesus with my physical eyes. I've experienced his presence like I hope some of you experienced here this morning. I've experienced the effect of his work in me, in my body, my mind, in my soul. But I haven't seen him with my physical eyes. But I believe him and I love him and I follow him. Blessed are those who have not seen me but believe. That's us. We believe although we have not seen him physically. The apostle Peter wrote the following to believers already in his day who had not seen Jesus in person. 1 Peter 1 8, he says, 1, 8, he says, though you have not seen him, Jesus, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and you are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Like so many of us said this morning, hopefully you, you, you sense that as you are watching online as well. You sense the joy and, and excitement as we are worshiping him this morning. Why do we sense that? Because he is alive. It's got nothing to do with, 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 with you know, influencing another. It's got to do with the Lord's presence here and giving us his joy. Hallelujah. And we have this inexpressible and glorious joy. And I do hope that this verse applies to each one of you here, each one of you joining us online, each one of you listening to this message. I hope that that is you, that although you have not seen him, you love him, you serve him, you've given your life to him, and you have this joy in knowing that he is your Lord and your Savior. And in case anyone is still doubting, maybe today is a good day for you to make up your mind and surrender your life, your present and your future to Jesus. You see, we have scripture. We have the Old Testament pointing to Christ. And we have the New Testament revealing Christ. We've got the Holy Spirit with us, helping us to see, opening our spiritual eyes to understand the things of God. And then, of course, we have the historical evidence of the resurrection of Jesus the disciples themselves gave us much of that evidence. Why? Because they were there. They were there. And as you know, <laughs> those guys were not the bravest of men. In fact, when Jesus was taken prisoner and killed, they split. They disappeared, man. They scattered. And so those are not the kind of men that would give up their lives and die for a lie. Uh-uh. No. No, 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 no. But they were there. They saw him alive. They spent 40 days with Jesus. And they were so sure that he was alive that they were then ready to die for the gospel. To die for the good news that Jesus is alive. Because it is true. Amen. Hallelujah. They knew beyond the shadow of a doubt. Now, look again at the life of Jesus. Come on. This is a good time. As you're talking about the resurrection, look again at the life of Jesus. Both his birth and his resurrection defied natural laws. Why? Because, listen, 
a virgin's womb, okay, got it? A virgin's womb has a sign on it. It says, no entry. Huh? You got that? Virgin's womb says, no entry. Yet, Mary conceived. Huh? A closed tomb, listen, a closed tomb also has a sign on it. It says, no exit. You don't see tombs with doors, you know, so that a buried person can come in and out whenever they want. A tomb has a door, no exit. Yet, Jesus stepped out of that tomb and is still alive today. Come on, look again, people. Look again. Today, Jesus invites you to look again. Look again at your life. Where are you at today? What is your impossibility? What questions are you asking? What questions are you asking? Is there hope? Is there a future? Is there a life after loss? Is there life after the death of a loved one? Is there life after a marriage breakup? Is there life after news of an incurable disease or condition? Is there life after family or relationship turmoil? Is there life after a difficult transition in life? Look again. Through the resurrection, Jesus reminds us that with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. And listen, I understand. We are human, man. We, we panic. We, we fret. We, and sometimes we pull out. What's going to happen? I'm going to get out of this. We, we get all upset and so forth. That happens to us. And we think there is no hope. But God reminds us, look again. In the middle of your despair, stop, 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 stop. Look again. Look again. You can get through the pain of loss and disappointment with his help. Look again. With faith in him, your situation and your future can change. Look again. There is more to live for than the pain or the confusion or, or the loss or the stress that you may be experiencing now. Don't give up. Look again. The resurrection of Jesus shouts to us, look again. You see, the grave could not contain him. And death could not hold him. Jesus offers us eternal life. But that's in the future. So right here, he promised us abundant life. In spite of our challenges in this planet, while we are here on earth, he promises us abundant life. Hallelujah. And so, in spite of the challenges that the world throws at us, we can have hope. We can have purpose. We can have joy. And we can have love. So church, I invite you. I invite you. Look again and look up to Jesus. Amen. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. I, I invite you to join us next Sunday. Next Sunday, we're going to start a, a new series. And uh, in the series, you're going to do a cross-reference between some scriptures in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Remember when Jesus spoke to those two guys on the road? He went back to scripture and he opened their eyes to understand that a lot of that stuff that was written was actually happening right before their eyes. Well, the Old Testament and the New Testament, they kind of confirm each other. And what you're going to do is you're going to spend four weeks going over some, exploring some topics which are dead in the Old Testament, confirmed in the New Testament, and affecting your life and my life right now in our lifetime. And these are themes that are relevant to our lives, to the church today, as well as relevant for our eternity. Amen? So guys, don't miss it. Join us next Sunday as we begin this new eye-opening series. Amen? Come, let's stand up together and let us close in prayer. Praise God. And ask the ashes to get ready for what's coming next. Okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. Just take a moment. As you're standing there with your eyes closed, just, just take a moment. And just look again at your life right now. Where are you at? If you are at a place of peace and fulfillment and, and joy, let's take a moment to thank God for all those blessings. If you're experiencing any kind of turmoil in your life, look again. And be encouraged by the resurrection of Jesus. Resurrection means new life. Resurrection means new beginning. Resurrection means second chances. Resurrection means abundant life. And all that comes by simply surrendering to Jesus. Yes, you may still go through a period of turmoil. You may still have to face maybe some discomfort, some pain. But keep your eyes in the end. The end is glorious. Jesus will take you through whatever you are going right now and bring you to the place of victory. Hallelujah. So Lord Jesus, you know, Lord, where my brothers and sisters are. Everyone here, everyone online, everyone listening to this message, Lord, you know their most intimate situations and conditions and meditations of their heart. <laughs> Lord Jesus, I pray that right now you'll embrace them with your spirit and bring a hope in Jesus' name. Help them to look again and to look up and to see that things are not as they really seem. That with you, things will change. With you, there's a breakthrough. With you, there is peace, there is joy. It may be Friday for some of the people here today, but Sunday is coming. The day of breakthrough, the day of new life, the day of resurrection, the day of new beginning, the day of second chances. And so, Father, I pray that right now, You'll fill your people with your joy, 
with a sense of hope. With a sense of determination, Lord. We look again, Lord. And we look at you. We lift our eyes to you. And we declare you are our source of joy, of hope, and of life. Hallelujah. And we give you glory in Jesus' name, Lord. And so may the love of God the Father, the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit remain with each one of us, helping us to look around and to look again and to see the hand of God upon our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Please remain standing. Don't move. Remain where you are, please. The ushers are going to come past very quickly and give you a little Easter treat, and then you can move and go home. Amen? Go ahead, ushers. Go ahead. And uh, enjoy. Have a wonderful Easter Sunday, and hope to see you here next Sunday at the beginning uh, as we launch our new series. Thank you to those of you online for being with us. Join us again, please, next Sunday as we launch a new series. Have yourselves a wonderful week and blessings. Jesus is alive. Amen. God bless you. Amen.